The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Um, my guest this week is uh, my friend Anna from Croatia, and I've been waiting a little while to put this one online, um, just because I, I think it's one of my favorite interviews that I've done, um, you know, probably with, with the show. Uh, it kind of started where I, I went to Croatia to get some, some dental work done. Um, you know, it's crazy expensive to get something done in the U.S., you know, uh, I needed a triple root canal and, and I got a quote here that was like over $2,000 or something like that. And I have all these different friends in, in Europe where they were getting these really cool gold teeth and veneers and caps and, and all this stuff, you know. So um, I asked Anna and, and it's her friend that has a, a clinic right in, uh, right in her area and I uh, sent her an email with my, my x-rays and, you know, I was like, you know, do you do... You do just really fancy cosmetic stuff, you know, do you do like the basic like nuts and bolts kind of dentistry stuff too? And she was like, yeah, totally. I can, I can fix this and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I, uh, I go to Europe typically once a year for some, some teaching gigs in the fall. So I thought, well, you know, I'm already going to be in Germany and, uh, it's, it's pretty inexpensive to get from Germany to Croatia versus like, you know, getting from the U S to Croatia. So, you know, why not kind of tack it onto a trip? And it was a great experience. Um, the dental work came out fantastic. I, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. If, if you're one of the kind of people, especially if you're in the U S you know, and we all know how insane the healthcare system is in the U S um, you know, if you need something like your, your teeth fixed, you know, if, even if it's just fillings or you need your wisdom teeth out or something like that, and it's crazy expensive and it's, it's keeping you from doing it. And you're like me where you went six months or eight months and, you know, only chewing on the right side of your mouth because your, your teeth hurt too bad. Um, go to Canada, go to Mexico, go to Europe. Uh, it's crazy cheap. Like most other places in the world, you know, the, the healthcare system, the, the dental healthcare system in the U S is totally nuts. Um, and you know, if you're someone like me and you need, uh, kind of pricier dental work done, you could probably turn it into a vacation and get your dental work done and pay less than you were going to get it done in the States. Like it would cost me, um, way more to just have that one tooth done, uh, five minutes away from my house than it would for me to, to fly over to Croatia. And this part of Croatia used to be part of Italy. And like the architecture is amazing. And it's, you know, it's on this, this bay and, you know, the food was amazing. And, you know, I had a bunch of friends to hang out with and it cost me way less than getting my tooth fixed here. So, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I'm not like I'm shilling it. It's not like the dental wizard podcast, but just keep in mind because I was pretty miserable for a long time. You know, I couldn't really eat and it was just constantly sore and I had all these problems and, and it got fixed and it was a great experience all around. Um, aside from that, I, I've known Anna for, for quite a while. Um, you know, she's really one of like the, the higher ups in the, the European body mod and, and, and body piercing scene, you know, always at BMX and, you know, running into her at different events and we have all these different shared friends. And uh, when I was out there, 
you know, she's an incredibly nice and, and generous person. She said, you know, stay with me, stay with my family. We have a, a spare room. You can you can crash here. You don't have to worry about getting a, a hotel. And uh, hung out with her for a few days, and we had meals together. And you know, I hung out with her and her family, and we had this just amazing life conversation. And um, that was before I was doing the show, you know, and I didn't have a recorder on me and I didn't think to, to document it in any way. And, you know, who, who thinks that when they go out to dinner with their friend, they're going to have some like life altering conversation, you know? Uh, so when I heard that she was going to be coming to the, the UK APP seminars that, that I was teaching at, I was like, we have to we have to sit down and talk, you know, and she was a little bit hesitant. You know, I think for whatever reason, people are a little bit intimidated about the concept of, of doing an interview and having it put online for your, your friends and your colleagues to listen to and, and maybe scrutinize. But um, I'm really glad that that she gave me the chance to, to sit down and, and talk with her and record it because, um, you know, we got to, to hit on a lot of the same points from that that conversation that we had back in her hometown. And um you know, I, I don't know, if, you, if you've listened to a couple episodes of the show, you might pick up on the recurring theme that I am uh, a, one of the, the burnout crew. Um, I'm a, a little bit stressed, you know, doing this same job day after day, year after year. You know, it takes it, it can take a lot out of you. You know, not, not everybody, but, you know, you have to make sure that you, you do things for yourself. And um, talking to Anna, you know, really gave me a different perspective on on what she did, you know, uh, maybe making some different sacrifices business-wise for a, a boon to her, her family life. And is it even really a sacrifice? You know, is it really a, a bottom dollar difference having a giant monster machine of a, of a business and shop that you have to carry on your shoulders when you can make a really good living uh, in kind of trimming off all that, that excess weight that you're carrying around? Uh, you know, give it a good listen. Uh, you know, I, I probably hit the same themes. You know, I talk about happiness a lot, and I, I think it's because I'm one of the people that doesn't necessarily have it. Uh, this is also probably the first time on the show where I've, I've really mentioned that uh, I'm in therapy for depression. So um, there's that, Chestnut. Um, it was also kind of tough listening to this interview again. You know, I recorded it, I don't know, three months ago, something like that. And, uh, you know, we get to one point where, you know, I talk about maybe the certain certain aspects of my life that I, I feel are kind of lacking. And then we kind of bonded over this moment, you know, Anna has her dog and, you know, I, I had Bowser and, uh, you know, Bowser passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm, I'm still, you know, adjusting. Um, but it was it was a little bit of a sting, you know, hearing that that part of the interview where I, I talk about him and, you know, uh, with him being such a, a big part of the positive side of my life. But, uh, you know, life goes on. So listen to the interview, uh, check it out, and uh, I'll be back after that. Okay. My name is Anna Lazzo. I'm from Rijeka, Croatia, and uh, I run Badaku Piercing Studio. And it's a really cool studio, and uh, I remember, so, okay, uh, for the people listening, I came out there last, was it last fall? Yeah. Okay, so I came out there last fall because I needed I needed a tooth fixed, and you have a, a good friend, uh, Vidrana. Yeah. Okay. Vidrana. Uh, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it at least semi correctly. Yeah, all the Americans are pronouncing her Vidrana. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I got a triple root canal, and it was a fantastic job, and I didn't feel a thing, and really skilled, and it was great. But uh, the bonus was I got to hang out with you. I got to hang out with your family, see your studio meet your staff, and, and it was a really amazing experience. You know, like, your city is, is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And um, seeing your studio was great. And I remember we had this conversation where you basically talked about, 
you you had a big studio that was full of tattooers and it was like this this hassle and, and it was really it was it was a lot of stress for you to to have a studio that large and I feel like that's kind of where where I am with with my studio you know it's it's great and I love I love my my coworkers but it's a lot of stress and then you made the conscious decision to to open a smaller studio and, and how much happier you are with your your family life now basically i started having health issues mm-hmm. and two years ago i had uh, uh, cancer and when i ended up in surgery uh, after the surgery i came home and one of my tattooers bravely quit through an email <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> on that day and i was like oh wow what a hero so <laughs> you know with the level of stress of having a lot of employees, you feel like you're growing and then you need more people and more people right. and then you have two people on more the people counter. More people to manage the stress but from you, more people. you have such a busy schedule that you hire somebody part-time with them and it's just you end up working with so so many people and you're responsible for all of right. them. Right, right. And at the point when I got sick, I realized if something happens to me, you know, everything stops for a while mm-hmm. because I'm the only piercer in the shop. And I decided I just want to go back to where I was before. I want to have a small shop where I'll just have my two girls on the counter and they will work less hours than they worked in the old shop and it worked great for all three of us. We are really happy. Yeah, and it was amazing because when I when I came out there, I was only out there for a few days, but you had this great flow where, you know, you had you had business, you had clients coming in and out, you know, you were busy, you were doing this great stuff, you know, you were you're putting out great work. But then at the end of the day it was, well it's the end of the day. Now we're gonna go out and we're gonna have we're going to have a nice That's dinner. That's what we do. Yeah, spend time with my family, things like that. And I think so many people in the States, really, they focus on more money, more business, longer hours. It's just more money going through your hands. You're right. not actually making more money. You have right. more responsibilities. You give more salaries. Like you end up having, at least that's how I felt at the time, I end up having pretty much the same amount of money and I work five hours more a day. So my shop is open. My my old shop was open from 11 till 7, from Monday to Friday. And on Saturdays, we only work four hours in the morning from 10 till 2 because Rijeka is, <laughs> I love how you said it, it's, it's a beautiful city, but it's a port. Mm-hmm. It's a harbor. We have heavy industry, cranes, and just everything ugly. And right. the rest of Croatia is actually really beautiful. So. Mm-hmm. People that live in Rijeka spend their weekends either in the mountains in the winter or somewhere by the sea in in the summer. Nobody stays in town. Okay. Uh, first two years I tried having my shop open on Saturday afternoon, but then I realized we're like really slow. So we just open it Saturday in the morning and by the two we're done. Of course, if we have special requests that somebody wants to come later, we will make an exception, but that's if somebody is traveling, they're not from there or something like that. So basically in the old shop, we worked five days a week from 11 till seven and Saturdays from 10 till two. And in the new shop, new shop is open from 10 till eight. Mm -hmm. So Glista and Dennis only work six hours and their, their shifts kind of overlap. And they are much happier because they work less and they have every second Saturday off. Right. That must be nice. 
you know yeah. then basically when you're working friday in the morning you're done at 3 30 and then you work again on monday at 2 30 that's like a long weekend twi- twice a month yeah which is great for for the people to have proper rest a life yeah yeah and i'm basically during the week uh i work all day and i have a lunch break with my family every day which is something that i don't know if i know anybody who can do that no, you know no i i create my breaks in the day depending on when my kids school ends and that's when i leave an hour to go and have lunch with my family and come back to the shop because i live near mm-hmm. you know i moved my apartment and my business to the center of the city and that makes my life so much easier i like living that life when my kid was smaller you know i had different needs now she's big so it's we like being in the center yeah yeah well it was just so nice because you know it was it was close to home and like you have this really you have a great relationship with your boyfriend with your daughter and uh you know you have fun together and you don't seem like stressed out you don't carry the weight of your work day home with you and you oh, not... I love going to work yeah, yeah, I mean, you love going to work, but that's that's the thing. It's like you've you've built a studio where you love going in, and oh, then you yeah. can you can go home and you can just be happy with your family. You don't carry the stress home with you. You don't dread going into work in the morning like like some 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 people might do. We have amazing job. Like we have one of the best jobs in the world. Yeah, honestly, whoever says it's it's not like that like seriously, we're making people shiny. You exactly. know, it's yeah. like yeah, uh, I. I do appointments only. We're usually booked uh, probably around five days to a week ahead, Mm -hmm. which is great because Rijeka is a small town. Rijeka has only 130,000 people. My city only has uh, about 100,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, when you listen to everybody working in big cities, you know, multi-million cities, it's like completely different setup. Mm -hmm. I... I can't cope with the stress. I'm just like, I like it easy and how it is. When you explain it to me, it's because so many of the piercers, you know, over the last few years, there's been a a huge boom in the United States for for, uh, premium piercing. And so many people like run with that trend and they they make their shops bigger and bigger and crazier and more staff and more jewelry and all that stuff. more gold. But they're not happier, you know? Like they might have maybe a little bit more money but not much because they have so many more expenses but they're not happier and it, it seemed to me that like you know you made that conscious decision of like i'm making a good living and my family is is comfortable you know but i'm happy and and, and i i'm i'm purposely trying to make my business so that i have a happy life and i have a, a home life and a family life and i think so many of those people in the states that push and push and push and have these huge staffs and all this amazing jewelry and whatever and you know and they they have clients out the door but they're not happy that's the thing you need to have things in private life right i was uh, at the round table today for studio owners and everybody was supposed to say something they dislike about uh, the current situation in their shop right and uh, we were supposed to talk on the subject and see how we can fix it. And I had nothing to say. I'm like, I was never happier in my life. Right. Yeah. It's like seeing some, I actually remembered in the end, like, can somebody recommend me some good apps for appointments? And that was pretty much my only concern. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if girls work only six hours, 
on the counter yeah. and if you take them to dinner every once in a while and if you buy them jewelry every once in a while and and take them to a conference or something you're keeping them happy yeah if you keep them happy everything is going great you know because they're happy right. you're happy and it's just working and they care about their job that's the thing you know if you're not happy with your job you don't necessarily care as much you know? also we started closing for group holidays like we have holidays at the same time we decide like we're gonna take a week or 10 days off in July and August and then we're gonna take a week in January we agree on that ahead of yeah. course everybody can have some days off but like a week holiday that's something we take together because what i realized in the past if we would switch when you're on your uh, free days they still call you all the time because yeah. there's things going on mm -hmm. and they can't answer all the questions right, without right. you just because you're not at work it doesn't mean that you're not working your work doesn't stop so i think closing the shop for a week to to have like a proper rest all of us we will maybe work a little bit more after we come back because we will be so busy but nobody cares right because right. they had fun for a week and they had proper rest yeah i think it's also important with with clients you know sure clients might be a, a, a little bit frustrated that like you know i want it now you know i, I want we some new jewelry that. yeah well that that's great because i think your clients are are we trained them. <laughs> right, exactly. That's perfect. Like you've trained your clients where it's like you have a life, you have holidays, you have you have time away from, from work, you have families, so do we. You know, we're not mm -hmm. we're not robots. And I think in the states we don't we don't think about that. We we're not we're not as considerate for ourselves as we are with our clients. We bend over backwards sometimes for our clients who who maybe don't appreciate it. And um, you know, I, I think you've you've figured out this like magical recipe where like you can stay happy, you can stay busy, and you can make a great living, but you're staying happy. I do approximately 10 piercings in a day. Some days I do 20 and some days I do, but normally I have one appointment every hour. Of course, in one appointment, I'll have a double piercing or something yeah. if it's the, the same person, but I don't like to do more than certain amount of piercings in a day because I'm not concentrated and right. I won't do them well. Yeah. And when a client walks in, we lose at least 15 to 20 minutes picking jewelry. Mm -hmm. We really take our time with each client. I yeah. want them to feel you, you've been to my shop. My right. shop looks uh, to people uh, uh, like some fancy place that sells gold. It almost, you know? to me, it gives me the feel of the cross between like a museum and a salon. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you put a lot of effort into like how you present your jewelry in the lobby and it's it just got this warm feeling and it's in such an amazingly historical district. Like right in front of your studio, you have Roman ruins. Yeah, it's archaeological square. It's so, it's so nice. It's such a warm feeling. It's so welcoming. And the way you present everything and your staff and everything like that, it's, it's just a great feel when you go into that studio. That place has good karma. I told you that was a brothel. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that place where my shop is was actually a restaurant yeah. in the bottom, like a bar. Right. And the, all the floors upstairs were just rooms with whores. That's great. Yeah, they, they found like all the um, price lists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was still legal while Lilieka was under Italy. So there's happiness in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that that wasn't. 
Paul was saying today, you know, about doing 40 piercings in a day, and I don't even know I how I can't imagine person... that. There's a studio. Are you familiar with um, 23rd Street? Uh, so there's a, a pretty well-known studio in, in the States anyway, 23rd Street, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they've done like 100 plus piercings in one day. You know, it's spread How across. How many piercers? Maybe three, you know. But still, I, I can't imagine that. Like my comfort zone is 10 to 15. More than that, and I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Because, because I can't give people the experience. Okay, we put people in front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. We take the tweezers. We try out each different piece that they might consider, you know, Mm -hmm. and see what suits them better. You try to pick the jewelry to match their eye color, their hair, Mm -hmm. their tan, and it's like, uh, and then you anodize it, and then you're not happy with the color, and then you anodize another piece, or you repolish this one. That all takes time, but, you know, people go out with, we don't sell that many, I don't know, we do mostly... Lately, it's nostrils and helixes and yeah, yeah, it's it's trendy. It's Mm -hmm. pretty much the same everywhere. The difference is that we still do a lot of navels. I realize that that's out of fashion in others. Yeah, I haven't done that as many this year as I typically do in a year. Yeah. We, in the summer, do at least five a day yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's summer. And... I love that piercing, yeah. But uh, with noses, like uh, most of the shops uh, sell mostly standard CZs mm. because that's like the best seller, right. right? The easiest thing to sell. Yeah. The easiest thing to sell, but not everybody looks best with it. Right. Like if you have blue eyes, probably a light blue will look better on you. Mm-hmm. And we take our time explaining our clients what might suit them better. Yeah. And it's like with this conference, it's so great because we split in between classes on what each of us wants to focus. One of my counter girls does all our photos. Mm-hmm. I'm not very good at taking pictures. And the other girl is even worse than me. <laughs> so... <laughs> She's really good at it, and she learned so much from this seminar. Yeah, and great. And yeah. both of them are playing a lot with anodizing. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. Right. That's something, you know, where whatever they make of anodizing, they can keep for themselves as long as they will play with it, yeah. you know, and yeah. make... I think that's okay, right? Totally, yeah. Because, I mean, that's how, that's how you learn doing it. I remember when I got my anodizer, I blew through so much jewelry... I was like, oh, I want to try this and a rainbow and stripes and all these things. And, you know, nobody's going to buy it. Well, maybe not everybody's going to buy it, you know. But it's 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 fun for me because now I know what the machine is capable of. So when a client is interested in that, I'm ready to perform it for them. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it really quick. Yeah. And if I have a client who wants a custom anodized industrial, I will be like, I need to have somebody make it for me because yeah. I don't even know. Mm-hmm how to do grades and colors. Right, and right. I never bothered learning that because I don't have time for that. Yeah. That's how, also I don't explain clients the complete aftercare because I don't have time. Yeah, because the but, counter is, is yeah. trained to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, the, I, I think we found uh, like a perfect setup. It, it is really nice. You know, like I don't, I don't want to pat you on the back too hard, but it just seems so so calm and so natural you know and when i saw it oh honey i've been in this job for 18 years <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. i made so many mistakes I... Uh, so have i you know but i 
I'm in this like American trend of like more is better, you know, and I think you have realized that like, well, more isn't always better, you know, happiness is better. And what does it take to make you happy? It's like saying that money will make you happy. Right, right. It can sometimes it can make it a little bit easier to be happy, but also the stress that comes with making that money can make you a very unhappy person. I know very rich people that are very, very unhappy. So yeah, so do I. It's not yeah. a, a yeah. secret to it. Right. And I know people that haven't had much money in life, but they have been enjoying it to the, you know, how do you say, to the fullest? Yeah. yeah. No, exactly there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's uh, about, I don't want my kid to grow up and uh, not to be a part of her life mm-hmm. and not know what's happening because I was buried in work all the time. I think I'm really fortunate because I I do in life what I love. Yeah. And not many people can say that for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. When uh, my boyfriend and I first started dating, he was having just a job. You know, you have a job and you make money because... Otherwise, you'll be homeless and sleep under a bridge. <laughs> well, in Croatia, you know, people tend to live with their parents till they're 35. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's normal. That's trend. Yeah. And uh, I asked him, what would you like to do? And he looked at me and he was like, how do you mean? And I'm like, what would you like to do? Mm-hmm. And he actually took some days to think about it. And then he started uh, some other job to make enough money to pay for the school for what he wanted to do, you know, because I don't want to spend my life with a guy who goes to work grumpy because because he then hates, he comes home, he, he hates comes his home work grumpy, and then he comes home even right. grumpier. Right. Like I go to work happy and I come back from work happy and mm-hmm. I want to live with somebody who is like that and I think we have that now, you yeah. know. Yeah. Sometimes you get frustrated at work, of course. We Krushka? all Krushka? Is that how you? Yeah. Yeah. We all get frustrated at work when we have a tough day or tough clients. Yeah, and then we take it out on the people that we care about. Not intentionally, but we do. We take out those frustrations. Well, I think I'm old enough now to recognize it and to try and not do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really hard lesson, and it's ruined relationships and, and families for a lot of different people. A lot of very successful piercers that I know have, they just are focused on the piercing and piercing is their entire life. There is yeah. very few that I know that have activities that are not, you know, including stuff from the industry mm-hmm. or people from the industry, right? Right. right. For, for me, like, okay, so uh, I've never mentioned this on the show before, but, you know, I, I'm in therapy for depression, you know, and, and some people ask me, and they're like, how can you be depressed? You, you travel around the how world, not? you own your own business, this and that, and it's like, yeah, but it... it it takes everything I have to run that business, and I don't have anything left for myself, you know? And, you know, you you nourish yourself. You know, you, you take care of your business and you run a beautiful studio, but you take care of yourself and you take care of your family, and I haven't, I haven't really figured out how to do that yet. I don't have a, a partner, a spouse, I don't have children, so I, I feel like it's a little bit more acceptable for me to put more into my you business. You have a dog. 
I do have a dog, Bowser. And it, trust you, me, I'm a mother. Yeah. I have a beautiful daughter, yeah. but nobody will, will ever love you like your dog. Exactly. Like yeah. she's the, uh, my dog is the only person in the house that I'm never <laughs> mad at. <laughs> and you have an adorable dog. Yeah, yeah. She, she loves me unconditionally yeah. and she's always happy to see me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? You know? And like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really jealous, you know, when I, when I see what you have, because I, I don't have that. And, you know, maybe I have this larger studio and whatever, but like, like, you know, but what does that mean for, for my life, you know? You go through, uh, we go through different, can I say shit? <laughs> yeah, you can say shit. We, we go through different shit on our path to where I am now. Right. I had a, a long career of horrible employees. Yeah. Like, I dealt with people that, were stealing from me, you know, doing... Like, we had an apprentice that was fired in the middle of his apprenticeship because he didn't, you know, do... He didn't follow the shop rules. He made some tattoos in somebody's kitchen behind our back, right. something, kitchen something. Kitchen magician. Yeah. And we fired him, and he filed a, a complaint with uh, state inspections uh, with completely false charges. But we live in a country where that, I don't know how to explain it, maybe you don't include it in the, uh, he reported us to five different state inspections. We mm. ended up with uh, a lawsuit and like a 30,000 euro fine. Wow. And I had to close that company to avoid paying that fine and yeah. opening a new one. Mm -hmm. to, like, it's some of the things on the way right. were a nightmare. I would imagine. And at some point, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm doing it all wrong. I'm Well, I'm never comparing myself to people who made less than me. I mm -hmm. always think I can do better. I was laughing today because I said in the... Uh, in the shop owner's class, you know, this summer I uh, realized that all the other piercing studios in Croatia are opening summer shops on really busy locations mm -hmm. like Dubrovnik or the beach in Zerce or, you know, where a lot of tourists is. Right. And they keep it open just for three months. For and the then easy they, money. Yeah, that's the easy money. That's high season, a lot of drunken British tourists or mm. whatever. And so I'm sitting there following somebody on social media, checking out how they're opening another shop. And I'm looking at my boyfriend and I'm like, maybe we should do that. Maybe, you know, maybe we need that in life. Maybe we open a shop in Dubrovnik and a shop in Zrcha. I can train Glista and Dennis to Pierce because they've been changing jewelry and putting the jewelry with tapers in for three years now. Mm -hmm. So it would be really easy to teach them how to run a needle through the skin. Right. And they already know the sizes and Aftercare. the setup and yeah. everything. Yeah. I'm like, maybe we should open, you know, summer shop. And he looks at me and he gave me the look, you know, and he's like, are you kidding me? Like, you went through all that to yeah. make your, like, you, like, are you listening to what you're saying? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But for every once in a while, I will get carried away and be like, maybe I should, maybe I... It was because no. you have you have business instincts, 
but you're smart enough to ignore them and realize that that doesn't necessarily make you happy. You know, like having having this busy business, like it doesn't always translate to happiness. Yeah, I was following my my ambitions, and I ended up, you know, in a surgery, and I was losing my care afterwards, and it was just terrifying because you can't fix that. When you reach that point, you're like. Paul King said today, it's like you make those uh, uh, conscious decisions from fear. Right. And that was very well put. Like when you face your fears, then you're like, okay, I need to change something. And I did. And I did a good job. And (laughs) Christiana, every time she sees me, she's like, I'm wondering if I should do what you did. Because the first thing when she heard uh, about me moving to a smaller location, smaller shop, she's like, how how were you even able to do that? And I'm like, it's, it's really not that hard. You just tell everybody, sorry, I have yeah. to take care of myself. Yeah. I was, I was looking for a space that doesn't have more than 35 square meters. Mm. I don't know if you can explain it in feet. Uh, I'm American. I can't convert it to that, but I can. That's not bigger than this room. I I would say, uh, you know, compared to my studio, because I I started with a very small studio, um, maybe more like in the six to eight hundred square feet kind of area. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, really small space. And everybody was telling me, but, you know, when I'm listening to people who are opening their first shop, Mm -hmm. they always get this really big space. Right. That's so much cleaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you said you pay so much more in different taxes because of right. the the bigger space. Mm-hmm. It's like it's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. So younger piercers in the states seem to be trying to like impress the people who have been in business for 15, 20 years, something like that, and thinking, I need this giant shop to be legitimate, you know? And that's not true. You know, you need to put out quality work to be legitimate. It doesn't matter necessarily the size yeah, of your studio. putting really nice jewelry and shitty piercings yeah. that are well, that poorly performed. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that in the past few years. Oh, I have too. Yeah. the boom of, you know... Right, yeah. Caring about, like, you know... <clears throat> I have, you know, legit body jewelry, hashtag legit body jewelry, but, you know, not legit piercing skills. But, uh, you know, with studios, it's it's not all about the size. It's about the quality, you know, and also it's about happiness. I remember when I started my studio in that, like, six to 800 square feet, like, small studio. It was me and one tattooer when I opened, and we were happy every day, and we would joke and we would play around and we would play pranks on each other and we would go home with a smile on our face, you know? And now that same tattooer, he's worked for me for 16 years now. And there have been times where we've like hated each other. Like we're brothers at this point, you know, we've worked together that long and there are points where he can't stand me and I can't stand him, you know, and it comes and goes. That's a long marriage. It is, you know, (laughs) and, 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 you know, I'm happy enough that we're, we're in a great place now. You know, he's actually right when I go home, he's getting married. I'm going home for his wedding. And I, I love him like a brother, you know, like he's he's been more of a family to me than, than some of my blood family has been. But, um, you know, me growing the studio and pushing and, and putting all that weight on my shoulders, you know, sometimes I take it out on the people that I work with that I that I really care about who are helping me make these jumps. And it's like, you know, how is this better? You know, I've, I've expanded my studio twice. You know, I expanded once to like 1,300 square feet and then again to 3,000 square feet and all this stuff. And... Like, 
has it really made me happier? No, like I'm in, I'm in therapy, you know, like, and, and I don't have a wife and I don't have a kid and I'm, I'm 38, you know, and, uh, how long are your working hours? 12 to eight. So we're, we're not crazy long and we're open six days a week, you know, so it's not insane, but, but you have only one day off. Yeah. Well, no, me now I have two other piercers, so I'm only piercing three days a week and, you know, I do some office stuff here and there, but that's fairly new within the last two years, you know? And I've, I've run full force at that wall and slammed my face into it to, to grow this studio. And, you know, for what? You know, like I, I've brought in more staff who are, who are amazing people and they're, they're part of my family now too. Like I don't have a high turnover. Like when I, find, when I find the right person, I'll bend over backwards. I'll break my own neck to keep them happy. At kind of maybe the expense of, of my own happiness. Um, and Exactly. Yeah. Okay, at the point where I realized that this is my business mm-hmm. and it's about me yeah it's a very selfish you know uh, conclusion but it's like it needs to things need to be how i like them and how they make me feel comfortable mm-hmm. you know when i made that decision when i realized that i shouldn't be afraid to tell my employees right that I'm important too. That I don't like some of the stuff right. they are doing. You know, it's mm-hmm. my shop. Yeah. I decide what we do. Right, right. And when you get to that point, then then you're much happier yourself. Yeah. You know, I I couldn't imagine having a studio without them at this point. Like, you know, it's a love-hate relationship, really, because I the stress of my studio comes from having tattooers and you know in it, nobody it, likes them honey well no no, no. I, <laughs> I, I i love my tattooers as people but i don't like managing nobody tattooers. W- likes working with tattooers well yeah you know yeah I, I my don't... counter girls were so stressed out because most of our tattooers i don't know they wouldn't prepare the sketches with mm-hmm. the clients because they were too lazy or uh they didn't show up for appointments, so they had to clean up their right. mess. So right. Like all kinds of stuff because they are such a, artists, artists right. you know, and they don't understand real life. And the, it's okay. their mistakes that they make or their irresponsibility is something that stresses you out right. more than them. Because the thing about it is you go into it, you're a business owner. You have that mindset where you think like, you know, I have a certain level of quality. And if you don't have that also certain level of quality, I have to I have to bridge that gap. And I'm the one who's responsible for, for that, you know, correction, you know, if someone... It's your name on the shop. Exactly. It's not their name on the shop, you know, and, and it's not like it's Ryan Body Arts or anything like that, but like, you know, it's synonymous. Precision Body Arts means Ryan Body Arts. Badaku means Anna, you know, and um, if something goes wrong, if they blow off a client, if they get too hungover to work, something like that, you're the one who has to call that client and, and make up an excuse or, or, or give them an answer or something. And... You know, maybe they appreciate it, maybe they don't, but it's it's still, it's your responsibility to every single person under the umbrella, under the roof of your studio is, it's your, it's your reputation that they're mm-hmm. working under. And, um, you know, I still make that conscious decision to, to allow that and to have them be part of my success or part of my failure, um, but it, it weighs very heavily on me. 
when I go home. I, I stay up nights sometimes thinking like, you know, a client didn't get the experience that they deserved because of someone else. And it's my responsibility to, to change that, you know, and it, it it's terrible. Maybe just sometimes. make it smaller. Uh, you know, uh, so what you have now... Or separate yourself, uh, like, business-wise uh, yeah, from the yeah. tattoo part of the sometimes shop. I, sometimes just I honestly sell daydream. sell the tattoo part of the shop. Yeah, it's difficult because it's one big building with two floors. It, you know, it's, it's... Or just rent it to somebody. You yeah. know, there are ways. Yeah, I've and thought about different options, co-oping and renting and, and, and things like that. And, you they know, have their own reception. They have their own everything. Right? They have yeah. their own company. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're in the same space, but you, yeah. you can, uh, you know, share electricity bill or mm-hmm. whatever, or rent. But I look at what you've done, and I, especially Jeff Saunders, you know, he had Rockstar, this enormous studio, and then eventually two enormous studios. And then he made the conscious decision to sell it, go off and start a family, you know, and maybe he would even do something outside of the industry and just be an educator or something or a guest artist. And then he ended up opening a small boutique studio, just him and his wife. Boutique studio. That yeah. is the future. It is. Jimmy Buddha told me that years ago. He, I, was, I asked him, like, if you could go back, what would you do different? He was like, I would open the shop that mostly uh, uh, focuses on selling jewelry and offers the piercings you know, as well. Right. But we mostly want to sell jewelry. Right. And I keep telling that to my colleagues in my region, you know, in the countries of ex-Yugoslavia, you need to have variety of different uh, jewelry options. And they're like, nobody would buy that. Nobody mm-hmm. is buying it because you don't have it. Right. Like, more than 50% of our work is sales. Yeah, yeah. We still do... That, that was something that, that really hit me a few years ago. There's a, a body piercer in my area named Sam Kirsch, and he covered a, a few days in my studio. And I talked to him, and I was like, you know, jewelry sales are really important. Some days you might not actually do a lot of piercings, but you'll do a lot of jewelry sales and insertions. And he's like, yeah, man, I totally see myself as uh, I'm, a, I'm a jewelry sales specialist, and I offer installation, whether it's with a taper or with a needle. You know, I'm offering jewelry installation with a jewelry sale. And that, that like really like hit a switch for me. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's about it's about the jewelry and like we're you know, we're giving people piercings to wear the jewelry in, but it's real it's about that sales approach and getting them the right jewelry that they fall in love with. And it's not all about like, you know, piercing, piercing, piercing. It's just about making the client happy. For years I was uh, there and I was Flirting with the alternative scene, with uh, people from some punk rock scene, you know, like those are people who are stretching their lobes, uh, making weird stuff that I wanted right. to do for years and try the out. The Yeah. And then at some point I realized that they are not the best clients. Exactly. The best clients They're are... so cheap. Uh, yeah, they are so cheap. They're yeah. always broke. Like I, I told you where I come from. They live with their parents for forever. Uh, also, um, college education is free in Croatia, so they usually study in college till they're 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they're constantly broke and then they end up owing you money and it's so much hassle. Yeah. And I started selling, you know, shiny stuff for posh girls. And I changed the music in my shop from punk to, you know, whatever radio that doesn't play commercials and where you'll have, I don't know, Rihanna and Beyonce and whatever MTV hits. Mm -hmm. And that made so much difference. I'd imagine. Because 90% of our customers are female. So 
uh, female like to shop. They shop when they're broke because they're broke, when they have money because they have money, when they're happy because they're happy, when they're unhappy because they're unhappy. Right. You just need to know how to sell them something that will make them happier that moment on, or a little bit longer after when they're wearing it. Yeah. You know, and that's that was a revolution for us. That's how we formed the shop. So we have somebody always on the counter to show show you jewelry and to sell you stuff. You notice that I don't have a single sign outside of right. my shop. You don't, yeah. And I'm not going to put one. Mm -hmm. But they still find you because you're a destination. They, yeah, that's where they are going. I don't want to have random people who are walking on the street and see, oh, this is a piercing studio, I might go in. You know? Yeah. Because then I will have more work than we can handle. People will be waiting and they will be unhappy. They'll be grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the perfect amount of work because, well, if we have five people walking in at the same time, we tell the last person you will have to wait a little bit. And since we're in the center of the city, they go and do something else, what they need to do, and they come back. Yeah. Or they have a coffee. We have a really nice uh, place with cakes and coffee next to our shop. You know, we, we can also make them coffee there. Mm. And they will wait for 15, 20 minutes. But I don't want anybody... To wait longer, yeah. you know, for just a jewelry change. Mm -hmm. And if we had a sign outside, I think it would attract more people. And they would come in and ask us questions because they don't know what's going on here. Well, they'd have that preconceived notion of like, oh, I've been in a tattoo shop before. This must be the same thing. You know, they, they, don't, they don't get it. They don't get that you're offering like a salon, boutique, like specialized service. You know, you're not offering just like a quick fix. People think usually when they pass by and when they look in, they're like, are you some kind of art gallery? Yeah. Because that's how it looks like. Mm -hmm. But I like that look because for years I've been walking in the center of Rijeka, checking out all the goldsmiths there are. And there are so many. Like mm -hmm. in the center, we have maybe 30 of them. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It mm -hmm. used to be a big thing in the past. And their places are so... Like, the way they are decorated is so cheap. Like, you can't sell me gold in a cheap environment, right. you know. Yeah. It doesn't... It's, it looks almost like it's a fraud. Mm -hmm. Like, make it look expensive. Exactly. We yeah. were designing... That's also another thing with my shop. We were designing our own displays. Actually, my boyfriend was making the sketches for, for them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a local person who does glass making us that mm -hmm. uh the shelves in glass for the needles also the box for polishing that was all custom made for that that shop it and, came out really nice and then we had a guy who works with metals he made our counter our counter chair all the lamps for the lights above displays uh holders for the gloves my mayo stand is custom made yeah, to match that. everything. Yeah. Ashtray in front of the shop is custom made. Mm -hmm. And we made sure that everything was made locally so that all the money stays in the area. Right. Everything was done by local carpenters and local, yeah. you know. You're not just finding the cheapest thing on Amazon. No, and not ordering online because mm -hmm. if you spend your money somewhere else, then your economy is not happening. Right. You know, and yeah. you want to keep it local. Yeah. 
And then other people will come and ask you, oh, where did you buy this? And you're going to send them more business. That's how we're all helping each other out. Yeah, it's community. Yeah, and I think that's really important. Yeah, that's a lost art in the United States. You know, sometimes people will get bespoke this and that and whatever, custom things, but uh, it's not common. Most people think of the bottom dollar and they, they just, they do a Google search. They find the cheapest place to get something and that's it. They buy it there. Our glass displays in the shop were late for three months because they couldn't make uh, all the uh, metal, uh, how do you call what's keeping it together? The brackets. The brackets. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make it gold plated for okay. me. Okay. And they needed all to look gold because everything else in the shop is gold. Right. I, can't, I can't have that silver. <laughs> you know, it doesn't match my everything else. Mm-hmm. I went so far that I changed all the doorknobs and the tap in the toilet and everything had to be perfect. But that attention to detail is why you succeed. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and it's, it makes it yours and not just something. When I was opening my first shop, I was really emphasizing it was a huge shop. And I was emphasizing everything was so white, how sterile it is. Right, so it looked so like a doctor's people, office or something. Yeah, 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 kind right. of like a doctor's office. So people, when they walked in, were like, wow. Because so uh, clean. piercing yeah. had such a bad reputation, mm-hmm. you know. But it's you something that. you do yeah. in some basement that's just shady. Right. And, right. Like, and then since we have so many kids between 16 and 18 who are coming with their parents... I needed that first impression as wow with the parents and safe. like you're you're okay you're safe to pierce yourself right. here okay. we're gonna sign you a consent mm-hmm. like if they come to a shop that doesn't look so clean and uh, things are sketchy they will walk away yeah and after I proved everybody for thirteen years you know that I'm super clean and that everything is sterile mm-hmm. and that nobody will get sick I had the opportunity of making something different, making a boutique shop where we basically sell the jewelry, but we also offer piercings in the back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great environment because you walk in and just like you said, you know, you feel like you're walking into someplace that's displaying art and displaying jewelry and displaying things like that. And it's not like extreme and sick and crazy and pushing boundaries. It just, it feels comfortable to, the same people that walk into a salon to get their hair or their nails or something like that like they feel at home there and they feel comfortable they don't feel like they're like awkward and that that they're they're entering a space where they don't belong you know they feel like they're they're at home basically and they walk into that area and they just feel natural and that's why they feel so comfortable just spending their spending their money there and spending their time there also uh, my girls are really like they have put a lot of effort in uh, with me in uh, decorating the new shop mm-hmm. To really present us and like uh, they have how do you say in English um, with us it's like uh, open hands like they can do they can make some calls like right. Dennis uh, told me the other day I found this really beautiful antique frames mm-hmm. and without asking me she was texting back and forth to people to arrange the shipping and everything and then the frames arrived and she's like look our new pieces are going to look great in this because these match those old uh, uh, mirror frames. And I would never think of that. Yeah. And she had a, an aha moment, you know, and she spent months on the internet finding them to, to make it all look perfect. Yeah. Because it's, it's that attention to detail. It shows how much you care 
about everything. Even the the pen on the counter is mm-hmm. custom pick. It's like we went so far. Yeah. With everything had to but match. But it's everything. it's it's like it's so simple that it's genius. Basically. And also in the old shop, which is maybe a nasty thing to say, but in the old shop, people were hanging out there all the time because yeah. we have coffee machine, there was a couch, mm-hmm. some chairs, table. They were just there all day. Right. They would sit with you through the entire shift. In the new shop, we, ju- we have just two chairs I and a small, yeah. uh, how do you call it on the wall? Like a little shelf. Shelf. Yeah. For coffee, mm-hmm. you can't put anything else there. You can yeah. put coffee or water there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a table. You know what I did with my new studio? Like tattoo artists, I'm sure you remember that clutter everywhere. Things, coffee cups everywhere. So the little shelf between all the tattoo stations, I made it peaked so that you can't put a coffee cup there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you can't put you can't put something down anywhere except the one shelf that I put in each station, <laughs> and that's it. And then one chair in each station. They're allowed one friend. That's it. Not twenty friends, cluttering the the, the studio. You know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I didn't put the table because then people feel welcome and they sit there all day. Yeah. And where there's when there's no table and people are walking in all the time, they don't feel comfortable sitting there. They're like, right. Oh, maybe I'm taking somebody else's. Yeah. And when there's place. a studio crammed full of like the one person comes in with their ten friends, you know, somebody else walks through the door and they're like, Oh, you know, I, I feel like I'm intruding or I feel like I'm clutter, you know. And it's not that you want to remove that. Well, we are Fun, uh, we but... we are different in our uh, approach to strangers than Americans mm-hmm. are or any Western country. Like, if I would walk in a space where there's ten people, I would be like, "Are you all together?" Or we speak with strangers yeah. without yeah. fear. And also, my friend uh, Eva from states told me that she noticed one thing in my shop that you can never see in America. She's like, everybody goes to the toilet and they leave their bag in the waiting room unattended and nobody will ever steal anything. Mm. We don't have that happening. Right. We are still not there. Because you're honest. It's like everything is much smaller and people are different. Right. Well, it feels like a community. It doesn't just feel like I'm, I'm anonymous in a crowd. Yeah. 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 That's great. I mean, it was a fantastic experience seeing it and just the conversations that we had over dinner or, or just hanging out with your family. Like, it was it was really great. But I'm, I'm glad that you took the time to, to talk for the interview. It because wasn't so scary. It really, see, it's not so bad. I'm not such a nightmare. But I, it's great to be able to share that with people because I think in the States they just focus where it's like more, more, more is better. But it's like it's not it's not really always better. Yeah. You know, but it's. I, I just want to say thank you for. You know, I I think that truly, truly lucky people are the ones that um, that find what they love, yeah. and they get to do that in life. Yeah. No, and and it seems like you've done it. So. And you do that. Well, you know, I to to a point. Yeah, I'm I'm sure I can get a but little bit. Happier, you're not but doing it so much anymore. I know. I, I am. I am withdrawing. You're a little piercing bit. only three days in a week, yeah, and you're yeah. doing boring grown-up stuff like books <laughs> and. Yeah. You know, for the business. And yeah. nobody likes that. No, nobody likes it, but you have to do it, you know. Yeah, nobody yeah. likes that. So, um, again, for the people listening, you know, if maybe they're on holiday, where would they, where they, where would they find you and where would they find your studio? We're on Facebook. Uh, studio is called Badaku, B-A-D-A-K-U. And 
I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it much. And I don't post business stuff there so much. So if they find me on Instagram, they might get disappointed with photos of my dog and my kid. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much it. We had a website and then I never had time to update it. uh, And I just turned it off because people were Well, I mean, you don't don't really need it. You're having gold photos, so we have put everything on Facebook. Good. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I'm sure I'll uh, run into you somewhere out there in the world in, in the future. Yeah, probably next year. (laughs) Thanks for talking to me. So uh, there you go. Uh, One of my favorite episodes from the show so far, and uh, you know, mostly for personal reasons. Uh, getting some perspective from uh, a colleague that I, I trust quite a bit and maybe sharing some of that perspective with you. And, um, if, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking about just kind of starting with your own studio or expanding your own studio, I, I definitely don't want to tell you to, to not chase it and follow your dreams and, and go the way that you think is most appropriate. Uh, you know, the only point that I'm just going to try to drive into your heads is, you know, make sure you think about um, if it's something you, you really want and, you know, Plan for plan for the future you want, not just for the future that's that's right in, in front of you. You know, uh, there are a lot of different things we can do in our own lives to um, you know find happiness and allow ourselves to be happy, and uh, that's definitely something that I'm going to be working on for for 2018. Uh, quick little shout out uh, if she's listening. Uh, hi Galista, uh, miss you, but don't necessarily miss those stairs. She uh, is a very fit person, and she dragged me up these, like, 600 stairs to go up to this castle. By the way, you go to this goddamn city in Croatia, and there's just a castle just up on this hill, and you can just walk to it and check out this castle. I mean, how awesome is that? So um, I'm not the the world's most fit person, uh, if you uh, didn't already discern that from listening uh, about my lifestyle. But, uh, you know, it it was a fun experience nonetheless. So I just want to say to everybody who's celebrating Christmas, you know, have a have a Merry Christmas uh, and enjoy your family. For everyone who's not celebrating Christmas, still enjoy your family anyway, you know, get out and do something uh, and, uh, you know, have a, a good New Year's. And um, I'll be back next week with another show. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.